Welcome to the episode. I cannot believe we are at episode 63. So whether this is your 63rd time with me, your first time, your 17th or somewhere else entirely, I want to welcome you and I want to invite you to review the show, to rate the show. It helps others find it. It helps the message be bigger, be more normalized, share it with a friend, especially if you've been talking about intuitive eating. My name is Nadia Felsch. I'm an anti-diet nutritionist and certified intuitive eating counselor. In this podcast, we explore the practical aspects of leaving the diet mentality behind and finding your own food and body freedom. This episode is going to be for you if you want to know where you even begin with intuitive eating and what I share might surprise you. You know, maybe you've Googled it. Maybe you've read some posts. You've heard a friend, as I said, mention it. You've talked about it together. That you're here listening means you're intrigued. Maybe you're hopeful. You're thinking, you know, could I eat what I like and that be good for me? You're wondering, can I get off the diet and weight cycle? I'm over it. Can I stop counting calories? Can I stop eating from meal plans? Can I be done limiting my portions, but still be pursuing, you know, eating for health, eating for well-being? Is that compatible? Can the way that I eat, you ask, be tasty, be healthy and not think about it so much? This might be terrifying and overwhelming. You might even think it's too good to be true. And if you relate to any of what I have just mentioned, you are in the right place with this episode. I'll be sharing the two key starting points with intuitive eating. So let's get into the first one. I want to offer that where to begin on your journey is actually about throwing everything you've learned about food, health, eating, your body completely on its head. Being willing to poke holes, as my clients know that I say, to think critically, to acknowledge how harmful the narratives that we learn and the norms that are all around us when it comes to eating. Examining how we got here is a very necessary part of the journey to you feeling freer around food and your body. Let's consider some examples about the nonsense that we know as quote unquote healthy eating. So we all hear eat more fruit and vegetables, and we also hear fruits really high in sugar, so don't eat too much. We hear that you need to eat whole grains. They're so good for you, but don't eat bread. We hear that processed foods are bad. Meanwhile, all foods are processed, but this somehow doesn't seem to apply when we are talking about, you know, some BS supplement or some detox product. Another thing we often hear is that fresh food is so much better than frozen food, even though the latter is often more nutrient dense. And that's not to mention the ease, the accessibility and the cost involved in food. We have a seriously strong norm around all of us that you need to eat less and you need to move more and that that will produce weight loss and that that will produce health. So therefore, anything else you do isn't okay. And we spend so much time trying to do exactly this. Mostly it doesn't last without at least some pretty intense consequences and costs to us. But then we feel like we failed. Hello, dieting is what I have just described. In my work with folks, the core unlearning of how we got here is vital. So in practice, this looks like we learn about the existence and the upholding of oppression. 
This is how we got here. This is what these ideologies that we're taught and we've internalized about health, this is where they've come from. We need to make the links for ourselves between these systems of oppression, the all of the isms that fall from there. Patriarchy and colonialism uphold anti-fatness, white supremacy, upholding healthism, sexism, and racism. So if we are thinking critically and we are unlearning what we no longer need, so we now have space for what truly does support us. This is the point. And this is absolutely the core issue that I and many others take with the the framework, really, and the way that intuitive eating is spoken about. It does have its limitations, like most frameworks do, and its inability to address systemic oppression. And this is actually what's upholding the food and body struggles that we have. So therefore, intuitive eating in its core form is not going to be for everybody. This is why I utilize the evidence-based framework of intuitive eating and non-diet nutrition, and I root them in an intersectional, anti-oppressive and client-centered lens, because truly the world does not need another thin, cishet, able-bodied, English-speaking white woman banging on about making peace with food like that is all there is to it. I know this because I was her, and I'm committed to providing anti-oppressive healthcare, not being part of the problem. And if you're still with me, thank you. I know hearing the necessary and vital socio-political roots of this deeper work can be uncomfortable, especially if you share identities with me. And it's key. Let's say you avoid pasta, not because you don't love it and not because you don't feel satisfied, though because it's demonized. Why is it bad? What are you immediately associating with pasta? Is it too many carbs? Is it too processed, too white? And what does that even mean? Does it mean weight gain? Where have these messages come from? Say it with me, scream it with me, everywhere. They have come from everywhere. How could you not think a version of this? And if we kind of break it down a little bit more, why is weight gain a problem? Yes, anti-fatness. And why does anti-fatness exist? White supremacy, colonialism, patriarchy. Fatness in and of itself is not an issue. And meanwhile, Let's come back to the pasta. We've lost sight of the objective truths here. It is nutritious. It is brilliant. We've missed out on exploring the role that pasta may or may not play in your life. How do you like it? Why do you like it? What feels good to you? Et cetera, et cetera. You know, because we are so fixated. We are taught to be fixated on what we can't have, what we shouldn't have. And this is not based on nutrition science. This is not based on your best care. And yet we get no opportunity to build trust. We are robbed of the opportunity to build knowledge for ourselves about ourselves. We are living with unwarranted fear. And I want to be super clear about the links here. This is fear. It is designed to intentionally keep you stuck. This, I have just described oppression. This is how it works. There is a good chance that where you do feel stuck with food, limited, overwhelmed, maybe out of control, fearful, that it can be unpacked through this lens and redefined, centering you and your needs. So this is what it is when I say the core unlearning and PS. Let's be clear. Pasta is nutritious. Pasta is brilliant. Enough with the pasta hate. So moving on now to the second point of getting started with intuitive eating, it might be 
that you are interested in. You get excited even about the really brilliant concepts and ideas of intuitive eating. For instance, you know, eating whatever I want. Amazing. Eating when I'm hungry. Cool. Sounds sounds great. Makes sense. Eating until I'm satisfied. Great. Makes sense. But also I might struggle. You might struggle with putting it into practice. And what's missing is embodiment. These experiences with food in your body cannot simply be talked about. They must go beyond the cognitive. You know, just a few days ago, I was speaking with a client from my food freedom program about the incredible, literally incredible transformations that she experienced inside the 12 weeks of this support. And most notably, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here is, you know, she said to me at the very beginning, I'm a little scared of you know, what it is to just eat anything, because if I can just eat anything, I'm going to eat white foods and white foods are bad. They're bad for me. They're bad for my weight. They're bad for my health. And I wonder, can you relate to her experience, to her really valid fears? So we did unpack this cognitively. It's critical. Absolutely. I just kind of talked about that. And she validly and to be expected still couldn't imagine that she wouldn't just eat quote unquote crap. I'll just eat white foods. I'll just eat whatever else, you know, she had learned was again, so-called crap. And I wonder if even me using that term, if it's clear to you how telling that language is, how it demonstrates a binary and a lack of freedom around food. And truly my client, maybe you, you as well, when you think about eating whatever you want, you picture it going one way and you don't think it's possible that you would naturally, without force, want a diversity of foods, foods that nourish and support you. And this is exactly why I guide folks to their own experiences. And we keep coming back to them again and again to lay the foundational support that's needed because there are going to be challenging moments. You know, when someone comments on what you're eating, when you feel unsure about what to eat, when maybe you've eaten more than you need, or it feels comfortable, maybe when your pants feel tight, these are moments that are tricky. And so now we have what I call muscle memory. Now, coming back to this client that I mentioned 12 weeks later, she's no longer starting again Mondays. She's not afraid of any foods, including white foods. She is naturally wanting foods that feel good to her body. And she is blown away, if I'm being honest, that she can leave food on her plate if she's full, if she's done. Because now trust is not just a concept or an idea or something we talk about. It is something she feels in her body, in her experiences, because we did more than just think and talk. We kept centering her sensations, her body feedback, what was happening in her whole experience with food and eating. And alongside unpacking the stories, the core unlearning, she can now ask things like, will this meal work for me? What have I learned about it in the past? With freedom, with ease, Because she knows I can have it all, but that doesn't mean that I will. It doesn't mean that I have to. It means I now have freedom to choose the best fit for me right now. In summary, where to start with intuitive eating is the core unlearning of all of the harmful food, eating, body, and health messages that we learn. And yes, I know there's a lot and it will take time over time. You know, we are there to unlearn the unproven and the harmful conversations that weight and health are the same thing. They're not. The concept that health is fully in our control, it's not. The concept that you always need to be 100% focused on eating certain foods and not others, no matter what that costs to you in all different ways of costs, 
when that's not necessary. We need to unlearn. We need to poke holes bit by bit. You'll be amazed how quickly even starting this process creates space for you so that you can really actually support yourself. This is the point. And the other element is embodying the experiences that you have with food. So they're not just ideas. They're not just concepts. This is now your own lived experience. I often say, you don't need to trust me. Trust what's going on in your body bit by bit. This is what's going to erode the doubt that you have, the mistrust and the absolute nonsense that you've been forced to carry with you all these years. If you want more of this, if you want my high level support to unlearn diet culture and embrace freedom with food in your body, then you want to get inside my food freedom program. This is my 12 week program to help you go from struggling with food and how you feel in your body to empowered and confident. Places inside my May cohort are filling fast. So if you are ready to apply, head to the link in your podcast player or the notes for this episode, which you'll find on my website, nadiafelsch.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again soon.